welcome to episode three of Shit Shower Shave. This is mom Jennifer and mom no one. This week I will be bringing it to you all live by myself for a couple of reasons and I will start with all of the craziness that has happened this week. So it is we'll say what's today? Tuesday night. Thus far this week I have left my ID at home and subsequently missed a flight. I have left my computer in a hotel room where I went to go travel and I had a flight delayed, which as a result, I missed another meeting. So the theme of this week is missed everything. IDs, meetings, flights, all kinds of stuff, which is frustrating to me because I'm semi a control freak, but don't classify myself that way. So when things happen, I try to say to myself, okay, there's, there's a reason the universe is telling me something like with the missed flight and the ID, a, it was my fault. I left the ID in my pocket from brunch and got in there because I hate carrying my purse and my wallet. And then I used to have a cell phone pocket on the back of my phone. And then that just turned into all kinds of craziness. So The ID was my fault. I did not even realize that it wasn't there because I normally always have it in the side of my pocketbook in the pocket, but then I had switched purses the day before. So then I get to the airport and I'm rushing all around. I'm like, oh, where's my ID? I'm get there an hour before like normal and there's no ID to be found. So I'm calling my house to try to get somebody to bring it to me and nobody's answering the phone. It just turns into this huge fiasco. And I said, okay, let me try to go through TSA and see if they'll let me through. FYI, if anyone ever misses a flight, you can get through TSA. You you just have to prove your identity. So luckily for me, I had credit cards. I had an old paper ID that was like a temporary ID from when I renewed, et cetera. So they let me through, but they went through literally everything. They patted me down. They took my shoes off. They patted my hair. They went through every single thing in my bag, wiped everything, etc. So I'm like, okay, I'm rushing, I'm rushing, I'm rushing. And I get to the gate two minutes after they close. And I'm like, A, this is why I do not take the last flight out for any business travel because you never know what's going to happen. And B, clearly I didn't need to be on that plane. So I get my mom to bring my ID to the airport. I relax. I watch Game of Thrones because <laughs> I missed it the day before. And then I finally get there. And it all actually worked out because I got there late. My coworker got there late because they were delayed. And I got to see a friend of mine who I needed to see. So that all worked out for me. Get to the next day and I go throughout my day. I do my hair, get ready for my meeting, have good meetings. And get to the airport to fly back and say, hmm, I wonder where my computer is. I don't really know. At this point, again, it's an hour before my flight. And, oh, I call the hotel. Hi, this is Miss Rogers Givens. I checked out earlier today, and I think I left my computer there. Oh, yes, you left your computer. You left a shirt. You left all kinds of things. And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do that because I'm flying to another city and I just am like, okay, I'll figure it out. It will get there. I don't know how, but somehow it'll work out. So I go, 
call them, I give them a credit card number. They say, okay, well, overnight it to the city you're going to. And I'm like, okay, great. And then something in the universe says, don't send it there because that's not your place. No one knows you there and it may get lost. So I say, oh no, just send it back to Atlanta. It can get there Thursday. So I fly back, everything is fine. I get on the plane because they don't do, I was going from Tallahassee to Atlanta. They don't do beverage service for a 30 minute flight. And I was like, look, I need to figure out a way to get some type of beverage on this plane because I've had, this is the kind of day I've had. So they say, okay, we'll sit, we'll, we'll get you squared away. No problem, et cetera. So we get up in the air. We're there for a really long time. I finished my drink. I finished a TV show on my phone, all these things. And I'm like, hmm, we're still in the air and there's no seatbelt light on. So this isn't normal. I get up, I go to the bathroom where they announce that they're going to be redirecting us to Mobile because the airport is closed due to weather and they only have 15 minutes of fuel left to just hold. And I'm like, this has got to be a joke. I don't understand what's going on. They give me another drink and I'm just like, great. So then like five minutes later, they say that they're going to send us back to Atlanta. And I'm like, okay, wonderful. That all worked out. Get up the next morning and go to the airport. I'm early. I've done everything. I'm, I get there two hours early this time. I, before I leave the house, I make sure I have my ID, blah, 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 blah. Get to the airport, look up. Your flight is two hours delayed, which in theory would get me to where I was trying to go 30 minutes before my meeting was going to start. And I had to drive an hour and I was like, this is a joke. So needless to say, I've had a very frustrating weekend and or week, not weekend. I can't wait for the weekend. Clearly, that's why I said that, because it can't come fast enough. But I think all of that kind of happened because I have a lot going on this weekend as well. I have. Two people coming to stay with me tonight, a third joining, no, more than a third, three people joining those two people tomorrow, and then Friday, another two people, and then there's a family reunion in Atlanta. So I think mentally, my brain is like, I have too much stuff, and it's in overload mode. And I know as a mom and as a woman, I get into that, not as often as I used to, because I don't allow myself to stress about things, but that's often a place where I'm like, okay, there's too much going on and I cannot process all this at once. And then I get like super anxiety and then I get stressed out. And then when I got back home, I was like, hey, I'm not a brain surgeon. I do not work on people every day. Because when I got home, I was like, I still got to clean up. got to take care of these kids. They're running around. They're screaming. They don't want to go to bed. They don't want to eat. Like, it was just a mess. It was, like, crazy when I walked into my house last night. But what I said was, I can't stress about these things because it's life. And life happens. And you just have to move forward and figure out how to a creative solution to get through what you're getting through. For my ID, I was still able to get on the plane and then I was still able to have my ID. For the missed flight, I got on the next flight. For my computer, I was able to get it back. For the meeting I missed, I called the contact, contact. There was someone else coming and we were able to touch base. So all of the things that happened while I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, they all end up working out. And I think, A lot of times us as 
women or control freaks or moms or working mothers or stay at home. I think everyone has this, you know, anxiety of when things don't go the way that we want them to go. And then it translates into this whole snowball effect of anxiety and stress. And then you end up yelling at somebody or snapping at somebody or yelling at your kids or cursing at somebody or doing anything when it all is stuff that A, is not really in your control. And the only thing you really can control is your reaction. And B, all of it's really not that important. Like, was I hurt? Were my kids hurt? Were my parents, did something happen to them? No, that's all things that we can control. And I think that that is one of the things that I've told myself in the past, but I have to remind myself times, which people often also tell you when you're going into labor, they're like, you may have all the plans in the world, but your plan and your body's plan and the universe's plan and God's plan and your baby's plan are all different. And I think those are the times when you have to keep that in mind of, yes, this is my plan. This is what I want to have in control, but you're one person of millions and trillions of atoms and matter in this world and you can only control what you do. So with that, after my flight was canceled, I came back, I relaxed. I was like, hey, maybe this will give me time to do other things that I need to do, like clean my house or anything else. But that has kind of been my week thus far. But that kind of gave the experiences that I had in those couple of days also gave me some insight into things that I wanted to work on and do better on. So I was at one of my meetings, I was in a group setting, actually at a dinner and at a meeting where I realized that I nonstop talk about my kids in group settings. And I don't think about it all the time until after it's happened. And then I'm like, great, damn it. I don't want to only talk about them. So there were positive and negatives that came out of the conversation. One of the dinners, I was at dinner with my colleague and he was meeting a colleague and his wife was there and they have a two-year-old and we ended up talking about that, et cetera. And that's kind of like icebreaker for you don't want to, four people sitting at a table and being awkward for the one person who's not handling business. So I think there are times, but we also talked about a lot of other things. So the conversation was balanced and a lot of the kid conversation around that one was talking about how you need drinks to get through dealing with your kids, which I need all the time. Uh, Me and that mom definitely agreed that in order to deal with your kids at a restaurant in public, you absolutely have to have a beverage or two, sometimes three, if you're not driving. But the other meeting was not kid related. There was no reason to even really bring up kids. And I think After I started the conversation, I think I started it with all the missed meetings and missed whatever. And then I realized somehow it just got back to my kids because I was like, oh, I'm going back because I have to go to see my kids and da, da, da. And that launched into a whole conversation of how old are your kids. And then it launched into a conversation about my son and him having a cell phone plan. I think we were talking about cell phones. And then that launched into me talking about how my son has a cell phone, but he recently got a cell phone and he was very upset. And I talked about the contract that we made him sign. So for my son, he started out at 10 with a smartphone and quickly it went away for him breaking the rules. And recently my husband and I said, Hey, He's done really, really good. 
He's going into the eighth grade. He's a teenager now. Let's try again. And I said, but for me, I need to have boundaries around what that try again means. So I took the, um, went to the internet and said, hey, there has to be a kid contract on here for cell phones somewhere. And looked it up and lo and behold, I found a couple of different sites that had them and I'll post them to the shit shower shave site. And I basically did a blending of the two contracts. I said, hey, I want to take something from this one and I want to take something from this one. And there was verbiage that I wanted to add because my big thing was us as adults, we have to sign contracts for things that we want and agree to that we're going to make payment on. You'll have to sign one. And it's things like, in there, there are times he needs to give us his phone or there we have the ability to pick up and look at his phone whenever or um, he's not allowed to search porn or download apps without asking. They're, they're, it's very clear in there what he can and can't do. But the biggest thing that's in there is talking about payment for the phone. So for us, we have payment for his phone being equivalent to reading a book a month that we mutually agree upon. He gets a list, he picks the book. And if by the end of the month, he hasn't either taken a test or written a paper about the book, then his phone goes away on the first day of the month. And I was talking about this at the table and one, a dad nonetheless was like, I have a 15 year old. I think I'm going to steal that idea. It's very much so in stealing a lot of different values that you want. And that was the reason why we did it. I said, Hey, I need him to learn responsibility. I need him to learn accountability and I need him to understand that while he, it is quote unquote his phone, he is still a minor and we're still responsible for him. So he needs to be cognizant of what he does, times, etc. So that is the tool that I used in kind of bridging that gap between the freedom of a phone because the other part is cell phones come with a lots of responsibility. I didn't have a smartphone or even shoot I have a computer at home when I was in the eighth grade I was typing papers on typewriters and the internet sure shit didn't exist because it just wasn't there so my social networks were going outside to play and what we're trying to instill in him are a couple of things responsibility like I said but the other thing is using privileges and what kind of responsibility and financial responsibility comes along with that, as well as a reading comprehension thing. So we're really big on, hey, can you read something and really get the crux of what they're saying without it being the multiple choice? Because as I know, a lot of you parents know that they are moving to this multiple choice thing and a lot of kids aren't learning how to, you know, really comprehend things. So that was really what came up in that particular group conversation, which was a positive. But then I sat back and said, what if I had not talked about my kids at all? What would I have talked about at that table? Because five years ago, I didn't sit around talking about my kids. So what would have been that conversation? It really made me want to get to a point to where I keep in the forefront of my mind. Yes, that's a part of my life. And yes, it's something that I can talk about, but is it the thing that I always have to lead with? Is that what defines me now as a woman or as a person or as a marketer or as anything? It doesn't. So how can I make a mental shift 
to say, I'm not going to go into this lunch date talking about my kids and my responsibility. I'm not going to go into this meeting and bring that up. I'm not going to go. Because on the other side, if it's a meeting where I'm meeting like a potential employer, that could be something they can discriminate against me for. And then the other side of me says, well, why should I not want to talk about that? Because it is so much a a large part of my life. So it's a struggle for me to try to balance the two out and figure out how to do both. And part of it could be setting. Part of it could be, hey, when I'm in certain settings, I will talk about this. When I'm in other settings, I won't talk about this. When I am with other women who I believe that may have children. And I don't know what that looks like because I've been dinged by my husband before. Oh my God, all you do is talk about these kids and talk about breastfeeding. And oh my God, like you're such a boring person. You're just a mom. But that is a large portion of me because it's no different than saying if I didn't have kids and I was out talking about recipes and cooking and um, how to keep the spice alive or lingerie or anything else. I think it just evolves as you have more things to talk about. I think back to when I was single and hated people who talked about their kids all the time. And that's where part of it comes from where I'm like, oh, my God, I got to stop talking about these kids. But. I can't relate to the things that I was talking about when I was single. Like I can't relate to going out all night and staying out till four in the morning and drinking all day because that's just not my life anymore. So it'll be interesting how I move forward and try to balance these two conversations and deem when one is appropriate and when it's not. And the funny thing is now that I think about it, men with kids don't have these struggles or conversations. They talk about every other thing, but they damn kids and their wife. They talk about sports. They talk about the, like they talk about different things. But the other reality is rearing and raising children is such not it's not the same percentage of their life. Um, there's an article about the mental load that's been going on around Facebook and social media. And that mental load is very real. It consumes you because you have to keep track of so many things and when the majority of your things that you're keeping track with in your mind are surrounded by your kids that's probably what you're going to talk about the most and you can't fault me or fault you or fault any mom for doing that I think where we all have to for me I can only speak for me because this is my life where I have to be cognizant is How often is that? Is that all I'm talking about? Am I talking about something else? Do I balance that conversation out to where it's not annoying to others? So that is really what I took away from that situation in the group settings because I was like, oh my God, these people probably want to kill me. But on the other side of it is one of the parents got something really positive out of it. Um, So it's there are pros and cons (coughs) to both and making sure that you aren't overwhelmed and consuming in the conversation because we were I mean we were at a cooking demonstration so there was like you're sitting around a table with four people you don't know what are you going to talk about and I'm not a person to sit around and be like oh so I'm just going to sit here and be quiet and not say anything and "Mm, we can just sit here and not talk that's not me in life or in general so I was like I have to engage with something and naturally it was me talking about these missed flights and my IDs and why I was going back home so to each zone and that's what it is and then when I got back home I didn't think about it because when I was asking for that glass of wine on the plane I was like I don't care give me this wine because I'm stressed and then I came home to being more stressed because I was cleaning keeping getting my house prepared for all these guests that I have coming in and I was like I'm so tired of having to clean like deep spring clean all the time because I have so many people in my house and the main thing 
the main thing. The main part of it is laundry that I hate. Hate, 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 I hate doing laundry. I hate folding it. I hate putting it up. I hate looking for socks because there's a sock monster and everybody has a billion goddamn pair of socks and then nobody can fucking find any ever. Excuse my French. But then there's t-shirts and then there are my clothes and my husband's clothes and the two-year-old's clothes and the one-year-old's clothes and the seven-year-old's clothes and the 10. Like there are so many goddamn clothes. I'm like, I would prefer to go back to Adam and Eve days where everybody was naked. And then I was like, I feel like the clothing industry and the laundry industry are the people who were the snake who made Eve eat that damn apple because she hadn't ate the apple. None of us be having to wear all these goddamn clothes. But I came home last night and I'm like hanging up my clothes. And by the way, it amazes me that I can do things in like one sixteenth of the time that it'll take my husband to do things. I'll be like, oh, can you sweep? An hour and a half later, he's still sweeping. What? I don't understand. Or... Hey, I put all of my clothes up and it was a lot, y'all. I can't even be funny. It was probably, hmm, I do everything in weeks, not loads. So it was probably like two weeks worth, maybe three weeks of stuff I had not hung up. So it was a lot of clothes that I had to hang up. Mind you, I still had clothes to wear, but they were all clean in my room. They just weren't put up. Um, But I did all of mine in maybe the 30 minutes that he left to go drop our son off and he had done his and been working on his for like three days and I was like this is so goddamn annoying but all I keep on thinking in the back of my mind is how can I do this so I'm not doing this big huge chore and activity all the time because it's literally a drainer but it was not for the goddamn clothes oh my gosh anyway so I'm like oh maybe if I separate the clothes by day or maybe if I do laundry every day. When I was actually doing laundry every day, it was easier because I would do it and I would hang it up. And then it just got too much to do laundry every day for seven people. It just was, it was exhausting. Um, but I may go back to doing that because when I put a load in in the morning and like put whatever. So that kind of worked. It was just a lot of laundry to do, but it's a lot of laundry all the time. But even with the cleaning of the toilets and this and this, it, it was just yesterday I was very frustrated of how to keep my house clean with five bedrooms and seven people and kids running around who pull out every toy that they own. But the one thing I am very adamant about is my upstairs and where we live can look like a tornado ran through it. My downstairs has to look spotless. So our joke is we are, um, the Huxables downstairs and the Bundys upstairs because it's literally messy all the time. But what I try to do when I'm not overly exhausted is straighten up when I go before I go to bed. So for sure, my kitchen is always going to be clean. And that's another frustration of mine, because if I don't clean the kitchen, it's not going to be clean when I get up. And then I'm like, I hate waking up to a dirty kitchen and I just want to wring my neck and scream and fight everybody. So it's easier for me to just do it myself, but I've tried to do better because I'm like, if I just continuously always do it, then it'll never be done right. And the people that I'm raising in my house won't do it correctly because they know I'm going to do it. So I've been trying to be more lenient on that. It just is really, really hard because I really, 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 really hate waking up to a dirty house. But anyway... I'm trying to get to where 
I do it once the kids have gone to sleep, unless I'm really exhausted. And those are the days where it gets really, really out of hand. But I'm really trying to work towards keeping my house clean. If y'all have some tips, please post them on social or tag me or something. Shit, shower, shave with a Y, not an I. And because I need some help. I can't do it all by myself. And that's what I really feel like is I am taking the large brunt of keeping everything clean and tidy for a house of seven people. And between that and everything else that I have to do, where's the give? And I walk into other people's house. I'll be like, dang, they house clean as hell. Like my sister's house. I mean, like your house is clean every day. To her, it's not. And there are people that say that to me that, oh, my house is not really that junky, but to, it's not clean to my standards. So I need help. Everybody's like, hi, or may. I'm like, I also take care of seven people. Where's that money coming from? But we'll figure it out. And there are days and weeks that it's better than others. I think this week is just hard. The summer is harder because uh, the kids wear regular clothes all the time. And I'm like, Jesus, Lord, can you just, can we hurry up and get to school? Because these uniforms, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uniforms are the best thing that they ever did for daycare in school. Because I don't have to worry about what I put on your body every day. And I certainly don't have to buy a ton of clothes. Gray or khaki or maroon or white and some khaki pants or a skirt will do just fine. And I will rewash that all week and keep you moving. Um, that really did actually help last year when, during the school year. So I'm looking forward to school coming back. And then I think I read a tip somewhere, which is what I do try to do is to make sure when I leave my bathroom that everything is in its place or when I leave a room to pick up something. And I think just practicing those habits will help me. It's just really a struggle for me y'all. So, so pray, keep your, keep me in prayer. Cause when I got back home yesterday, bless my mother's heart. But she had my entire upstairs family room covered in my kids' clothes, which I cannot be mad at her because she literally washed all of them and folded them. And we don't fold clothes, but I'm happy that she did it. But then walking up to seeing all those clothes, I was like, I'm so overwhelmed with having to hang up all this shit. Um, And you can't say no because she helped. And I appreciate the help and love it. And I'm happy that she's here to help. It's just accepting it and how do you balance it and really say no, et cetera. Um, cause my parents want to help with everything. My dad wants to cook me ham hocks and fat back and all kinds of things we don't eat. So we have to like tiptoe around how we say, mm, we're really not that hungry today and blah. So I always kind of feel bad when I'm saying, Oh no, we don't really need any help. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And balancing that some of the stuff they want to do are people's chores. So the dishes are in reality, somebody's chore. And my dad, he is the reason why I cannot go to sleep with my kitchen dirty because that literally I got beat for it. I got yelled at. I got screamed at between my mom and my dad. And it's funny because I grew up hating to wash dishes. Like I remember when I broke my thumb in the third grade, I had cast on my arm and my mom had to wash dishes for me. And she was so angry because she had to wash those damn dishes and I was so happy because I was like boom I ain't gotta wash no damn dishes now boom it's all on you you happy you dirty up every single pan when you wash stuff or cook something and now it's your turn to have to wash all these damn dishes that shit don't feel good do it but 
when it came back around, it wasn't fun. But either way, he, my parents are the reason why I cannot go to bed with a dirty kitchen because I'm like, I still got to wash it the next day. That's my thing with it. If I just do it tonight and get it over with, it's done versus I got to wake up and look at it in the morning and it's just something else on my mental load that I just don't have time for. So he does it. My father, who, because he's staying with us, he does it now. And it's taken the chore away from the kids. And I'm like, but they have to learn how to wash dishes because they don't know how to wash dishes. The dishwasher is a great, wonderful lifesaver. It does not wash dishes the same way. You can't convince me the water gets as hot. You can't scrub as hard. So I'm like, if you have to wash the dish to put it in a dishwasher, just wash the damn dish. It ain't that damn hard in my mind. But you would think it's like World War Three for the kids that have to wash the dishes. And I'm like, I don't even dirty up as many dishes as my mom did. And I don't even make y'all really wash the pans. So you really shouldn't be that angry. But my father would be like, no, leave them babies alone. I'm going to wash the dishes. No, because then they're not going to learn. And where was this nice attitude when I had to wash dishes at in the third grade and second grade and through high school? It didn't exist. And they, it's interesting because nothing is the same for the grandkids as they are for me. And they'd be like, you made that up. No, actually, I didn't. You really did backhand me across the room Mm-mm. for the same thing that they just did. So it's interesting um, how different grandparents parents are than they were as parents. It's all of a sudden like my cousin described it as it's a love that you never felt. And I was like, well, wait a minute. You don't love your baby that much? Like it's interesting how they describe it and they can't pinpoint what it means. But hey, one day I'll know, hopefully, if all my kids have kids. Um, but my parents are here and they do help and I do appreciate it. And my in-laws are here and they do help and I do appreciate it. It's just nothing like doing it yourself. And I have had to learn to accept the help and not, uh, be short or rude or go back and redo it or things like that. Cause I think that offends people, specifically your parents. <coughs> so that's my Big lesson on parent help and I just am having to learn how to deal with it, especially because both of them live in my house and it's just rough between the kids and the parents and the me's. I'm like, I don't really know how this going to work, but it all ends up working itself out. And the other thing is they are really just trying to help. They're not trying to be like stepping on my toes and be in my way and they really just want to help and want to do what I want them to do. And a lot of times I'm like, I just do it myself. I do it myself. I do it myself just to get it done. Not knowing sometimes I offend them. So for me, I've had to take a step back and really think about how I'm making them feel valued as parents and as grandparents, because I don't think they just want to spoil, spoil. They do want to do because it ain't nothing like the spell of the smell of spoiled that these kids smell immediately on these grandparents I've never seen so much juice and cooking I remember being gone and my mother was watching my child and I look on Facebook because my mother overshares on Facebook everything I see my one-year-old with a cookie and a juice excuse me she's one why does she have juice and cookies? And then she looks at me like I'm crazy mom. you had juice and cookies I said I also had cavities and uh too much sugar. So what's your point? Um, but they really just want to help and I have to keep that in mind. So I'm not like, 
blah, 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 nagging. Uh, that's my nagging voice. I know it sounds, hopefully it sounds annoying. Um, and also I have to tell myself it's only one time out of a week unless they see them all the time and then it's a problem. But I just try to balance out what I want and what I don't want and try to be clear about the things that I'm very adamant about. Like there are certain things I'm like, know this, know that. And I try to communicate those in a different way than I communicate everything else. And they normally abide. I won't say all the time, but they normally try to abide and listen. But again, it's a struggle sometimes because then they'll be like, oh my God, I thought they could have cake. Oh no, I didn't know it was too late for them to have juice. Oh, I can't rock them to sleep. Oh, she didn't like that mare in her room. Oh, it's just all these, oh my's. And it's just like, God damn it, you knew. Don't try to play me like I'm dumb. <laughs> so that has really been my week. It's been interesting and trying, and I have a family reunion coming up. The positive note is I will see some cousins and some family that I have not seen in a while, and then maybe I'll get to act like a non-parent and drink and have all kinds of fun. And just FYI, this week's episode will be a little bit shorter because it's only me. I know y'all don't want to hear me talk for an hour, but... I did have a lot to talk about. Um, but into our Q&A section. The first question this week is, I miss my old life, but also miss my kids when I'm out. How do I balance going out and being a parent? I just talked about this. I'm excited about my balance that I'm having this weekend, but <clears throat> I think that it's a challenge to do both. Because A, I specifically am the sole responsible I won't say I'm the soul. I take on more of the brunt of picking up my children and taking the daycare and doing all those things. And I absolutely can ask for help, but it's, it's when I ask, it's kind of like that article on Facebook. It's, well, why didn't you ask? Well, I know I had to ask, but when I do ask for times, I'm trying to do better about communicating and going out when I need to, or going out and do friends. Like I'm, my friends and I tried to go to see, girls trip premiere and it didn't work out because they were full but I think you have to have a healthy balance or else you will literally lose your mind but it one can't be skewed one way or the other like you can't be so single that you don't miss your kids at all and you can't be so much of a parent that you miss your single life I will say I do miss my single life to an extent I miss going out with my friends. I don't miss being super drunk. I don't miss um, being up till 4am. I don't miss all those things. I do miss having a good time. And I think you can schedule having a good time within reason, even if it's with your friends and your um, spouse or significant other or friend can watch your kids or if it's with your spouse or significant other and someone else can watch your kids. Uh, I think it is a good balance to have both. And the reality is when you do go out, sometimes you do miss your kids and then you'd be like, oh, I can't wait to go home and see them. But then they start getting on your nerves and be like, oh God, I wish I was out. (coughs) So I think you just have to figure out what that balance is. Is that balance going somewhere where you can bring your kids? Is that balance going for out for an hour or two just to catch a movie and having somebody else watch them? You just have to figure out what works best for you and your schedule, but it is important to have that balance because without it, you will go crazy. You end up snapping on your kids or your boo or your friends or being like, well, B, I didn't know you needed to go out or, 
um, figuring out different modes of what that go out means. Like I've said before, your date might not might not be at a restaurant, but in your dining room, and y'all both get dressed up, or a picnic in your backyard, or a picnic in your bedroom, or all kinds of things. Um, so you just have to be creative and think about it. Or your friend dates can be Skype sessions. Or for us, we've done Marco Polo shots where we all will be on Marco Polo and taking shots and that's how we do it or group me shots or all kinds of things. It just depends on how you want to do it. And I would say you have to learn how to be very, very creative, specifically when you have small children, when you have older children, it becomes a lot easier. I have a mixture of both and it helps when they get older and independent. Like I can't wait till my small kids turn four and then I can leave a bowl of cereal on the table and give them a cup with some milk and then they won't have to wake me up at six in the morning. So I think it's just about trying to find balance. (coughs) Excuse my cough, y'all. Allergies are really playing with me. Uh, The next question is, how do I maintain boundaries with my in-laws and my parents? And we literally just talked about this somewhat. Um, A, I think you have to be very clear about the things that you want and very, and communicate them in order of importance. I, myself had my parents and my in-laws both really be like, why are you making their food? And why are you doing this? And why are you doing that? I had all kinds of people questioning why I decided to do the things that I did. And reality was I was like, these are my kids and this is how I want to raise them. But the other side of that is I can communicate with my parents more sternly than I can with my in-laws. But the other part of that is the things that I need to communicate to my in-laws, I have to do it in a way that they understand that I'm very serious, like with juice or so soda is my number one. Nobody can give it to my kids. I don't care who you are. And with my parents, I can wild out a little bit more than I can with my in-laws, but I am still very firm of do not give my kids soda. And I think <coughs> if you're having a boundary issue, A, you talk to your spouse about it. Because you could have boundary issue or they or your spouse could have a boundary issue with your parents or vice versa. And I think you have to have a very clear conversation with them about how you're feeling so they can help you devise a plan. But I also think that comes through very open communication and being very clear with how you feel and how you expect to be respected. Because at the end of the day on both, it comes down to respect and I'm a person who doesn't like to feel disrespected. I don't think anyone likes to feel disrespected. And I've had success in communicating in that manner of saying, I wouldn't disrespect you. I don't want you to disrespect me. So please respect my wishes or respect these things. Like I don't like for people to, um, I don't like my kids to do all kinds of stuff just because I, there are certain things that I think are dangerous. But I talk through it in a, point of of respect and certain things are like fluff and oh yeah I would prefer for them not to have jelly beans but jelly beans aren't going to kill them but versus I know that my son's teeth are very weak the enamel of them is weak for some reason so I'm very clear about don't give them any soda or other things like in your house my parents like to buy things for my house my in-laws like to buy things for our house and my husband and I have had to very clearly communicate like hey our style is not necessarily your style. And while we appreciate the contributions, A, we don't really need it because we're grown ups. but B, 
we don't want you to be frustrated through not being able to do something for us. So I think, again, it all comes down to communication and how you communicate and when it's appropriate and not appropriate. Because sometimes when you, you can say things that are very harsh and offend someone. So it's important that when you are communicating with different people that you think about tone, you think about delivery, you think about how you send the message. Like you want to preferably talk in person or on the phone versus sending a text message or email because all kinds of things can be misconstrued that way. Um, but don't also sugarcoat things to an extent um, or avoid conversations because when you avoid conversations with anybody, they just grow into this like humongous elephant in the room and then you're like, oh God, now I really have to deal with this. Um, so my advice would be to tackle things head on if possible be as respectful as possible and communicate with them or with someone the way you want you would want someone to communicate with you and that's all you can do that's within your power because if people are not receptive to those things and it's not really a ton you can do anyway and then that's something that you and your spouse have to talk to independently and work through whatever issues those are so that's my advice on how you maintain boundaries with your in-laws and parents and also realize they're grandparents they're going to do whatever they want to do and it's not so much that you can say about it to an extent. <clears throat> and the last question of the week is, I haven't gotten down to my pre-pregnancy weight. Girl, I, nor have I. I know very few people who has, who who have, sorry. Anyway, I, have, I haven't gotten back down to my pre-pregnancy weight. How can I stay fit, work, and be active and engaged parent? So <clears throat> I think a lot of it has to do with diet. Or for any of you who have not pregnant yet or not having kids, don't look at it as you're eating for two because you really are not eating for two. You're eating like an extra 300 calories a day, which is not even a cheeseburger. So if you think about it that way, it helps. What I did was I thought about it from a perspective of I still have to lose this weight after I drop this baby off. And it wasn't like I was avoiding and only eating healthy, but... I was very aware of the things that I was putting into my body, which I've now transitioned to. Granted, not the best at it, <clears throat> but lately I have, like I mentioned a couple episodes ago, I did Whole30, and that really did change my all of my perception on food and eating. Before I did that, I was really tired all the time. I wasn't sleeping well and didn't really think of the impact that the juice and the bread and the dairy and the pasta and the rice were having on my body and my system. And I did the whole 30 and it wasn't hard for me, but I mainly just did fruits, vegetables, and meat. After that, it I felt so much better and so different. And then the time when I went back off of it, I felt like shit. Um, I wasn't sleeping as well and my body showed like I dropped significant weight during that time and my goal wasn't weight loss. But after I started back to eating normal, it didn't come all the way back full fledged, but I could definitely tell the difference. So now I'm kind of reverting back to that lifestyle. And I think everybody who I've talked to about losing weight, trainers or um, people who work out a lot or teachers or instructors or anybody it's not all about what you do it's 80% diet and probably 20% exercise and I think diet is the wrong word it's really changing your habits 
which are hard to change. Trust me. I'm a candy fanatic. I love candy. I love all things sweet. My father eats ice cream by the half gallon. So I definitely understand the, how challenging it is to change behavior. But I think that is the largest thing. I think if you go into, it's also a mental game. Sorry. If you go into it thinking that this is going to be really hard, this is going to be challenging, I'm never going to be able to do this, then you won't. It's like a game of mental warfare. But if you go in and say, I'm really pumped up, I know what my boundaries are, I know what I can do, I'm going to go about it this way. And I look at my eating habits now as 80-20, and I'm to my pre-pregnancy weight, but I'm not at all where I want to be. I still have a couple dozen pounds, not a couple Um, I still want to lose about 15 to 20 pounds. And I know that when I eat poorly, it's not going to happen. But it's all about choices and the choices that I decide to make. If today, like yesterday, I had three glasses of wine. I probably won't have any wine today and won't have any bread and won't have any pasta to balance out the things that I ate yesterday that are not healthy. So again, I think it's all about choices. I think it's about sacrifice. Um, I sometimes will get up earlier in the morning to work out versus staying up late because I know if I stay up late, it'll never, ever, ever happen. But also trying to make it a fun family activity. I know I try to walk with my kids at night after we finish dinner. So I try to do an earlier dinner. I try to walk the belt line or walk a trail on the weekends. I try to make it as fun and engaging. I try to do the pool. I try to do things that I can do when I have the kids to be active, but then also balance it out. Um, I do squats when I'm brushing my teeth. I do sit-ups or push-ups when I think about it on commercial breaks. I try to just um, add it into my day so it's not like, oh, I got to set aside this hour to work out, but how can I still get accomplished what I need to get accomplished and and, um, work out and be fit and make smart choices? The best thing, I think the best thing that they ever did was to add calories on menus. It saves my life everywhere. There are places I'll go and be like, oh, I really want this pasta and this bread and this, this. I'll be like, wait a minute, that's 1,100 calories. That's almost all my calories for the day. Mm, I don't really think that's what I need to do. Um, And it's not that I count calories and it's not that I'm trying to diet. I'm trying to live better because... I have children that I want to live for and be around. I don't want to have to deal with chronic heart problems or chronic illnesses that plague uh, me or my family. So with trying to maintain your weight again or get back to pre-pregnancy weight, I would say make smart, healthy choices. Exercise or fit in something fit where you can and try to do as many family fit activities as possible. Like you see all those moms on TV or not TV on social media where their kids are like working out and doing stuff with them and you have to fit it in. You have to get it in where you can fit it in and it's hard work and it's sacrifice, but at the end of the day, it will be a healthier you. So that's my POV on that. Thank you guys for joining me this week. Um, stay tuned. Follow us on shit shower shave on Instagram and Facebook and listen out for us every week on soundcloud and itunes if you are listening to us on itunes please 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 rate and comment 
if you are listening on 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 subscribe on soundcloud please subscribe also leave comments please submit your questions or any questions you may have to info at shitshowershave.com that is uh shit with a y not an i and let us know what you think if you guys are enjoying it send us a message tag us and stuff etc i've had some people talk about things topics they want me to cover i think next week we'll talk about all the things you should or need to buy as a mom so let us know what you think i can't believe i took this hour maybe i'll talk too much y'all let me know about that too um but have a great week stay encouraged and i will see you next week